Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you are Trinity. We thank you that you are an awesome God who created the heavens and the earth and everything that's in them and that you are a God that creates and recreates life and health and, uh, and spirit-filled life within us. Speak to us this day by your Spirit. Fill us, lead us and guide us that we may go out baptising, teaching and obeying your will in our lives. Make us holy by the truth, for this your word is truth. Amen. Did anyone see this, uh, this amazing boat this week in the news? No? It's a, it's a solar-powered boat, obviously, that's uh, sitting in Cairns, or it was moored in Cairns for maintenance. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, it's called the Turinor, and it's a $16.7 million catamaran, and it's over 31 metres long. It weighs over 90 tonnes and it's covered, you can see all those um, solar panels, with 537 square metres of solar panels and that's 38,000 38, solar cells. And the sole purpose of these solar cells is to charge batteries that run the electric batteries that propel this amazing boat forwards. The Turinor is taking its message of renewable energy all over the world, not to every nation like Jesus is, but trying to get to every continent at least and to many nations. Which got me thinking, what would happen to the message that this boat is and, and its crew are actually taking around if the batteries failed? What would happen? Surely there'd be a backup plan. You don't spend nearly $17 million and then just leave something sitting out at sea, do you? But... What would happen to the message if something unforeseen happened to the technology and they couldn't recharge those batteries? They might be limping out there for a little while. There's no big, uh, no no petrol uh, or diesel powered engines in that thing. The Turinor is completely, totally, utterly reliant upon the power and the energy of the sun. Completely and totally reliant on the power and the energy of the sun. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember... I'm with you always to the end of the age. The disciples in our reading today were a solar panel short of a full complement. I don't know if you saw that, but now the 11 disciples went to Galilee. And we could be forgiven for missing this. Maybe it just seems like a little, a little thing, but it's important to see that there's only 11 disciples that went to Galilee and not 12 As far as the Bible is concerned, 11 is not 12 and maybe that's the same for you too. 11 is not 12. 12 is a nice complete number in Scripture. It depicts completion. But clearly the text says there's only 11, which means that it is imperfect. 11 points to the fact that there's a bit of limping going on as far as the disciples are concerned. 11 is like having a solar-powered boat in the water but you're missing a whole lot of solar panels. That means less power, a lot less power and less charge for those batteries that propel the thing uh, forwards through the, through the oceans. 
Where is number 12? Who's missing here? Judas. What happened to poor old Judas? Why is he missing? He hung himself, he did. Why did he do that? Judas betrayed Jesus and was lost. So there's one person physically absent. That's true, you're right. Now what if we think even bigger than Judas? What if we ask ourselves who's missing in terms of the world scale or on the scale of every nation of the earth? Now who's missing in this picture? Now if you're, a bit, if you're thinking something and you're not quite confident to say it, but if you're thinking every person, every person who doesn't worship God through the risen and exalted Jesus who stands calling people to himself, then you'd be right. I'm also thinking of the people I know in my life, people who I really love, who are missing and I want them to be here but they're not. You'll have people in your lives too who aren't here or refuse to be here or can't be here and you see an empty space where they could be worshipping the holy and mighty God of the nations and rejoicing in them. Maybe today you see empty seats that used to be filled with people who were worshipping here but who have gone away. Or people who come for baptism and then seem to disappear. Make no mistake, friends, today is about people out there, but it's also about every one of you and it's about me too. Even amongst us here today, people who are baptised in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, there is a part of us that is absent And that leaves an imperfect 11 to limp along with a half-charged battery. That's because we don't always put our whole selves into our identity as the baptised children of God. We're not always present and ready for duty when and where we should be. The sad truth is that there's a bit of Judas that's in me and in you that is willing to betray Jesus at just a moment's notice. That's all it takes, a moment. It's okay when being a Christian means smooth sailing but when we're challenged, when we're called out of our comfort zone, when the cross that we've been marked with gets heavy and the ministry looks demanding or uncomfortable or outside of our own life experience, then do we opt out on Jesus? Do we walk away with a bag full of self-justifying reasons why we can't stand together and minister together as the called and equipped and spirit-filled people of God? We are 11, not 12. We're imperfect. We're absent. We walk away and we even betray Jesus. We doubt his power to save us and rescue the ones we love. And so did the disciples in the Bible. So did they. That does not mean that it's okay because it's not okay and we can't pretend it is but we're not without help. We're never without help. The God who spoke the universe into being, who flicked it into existence with the flick of his little finger, with a word also comes to us and that is why it's exactly in our weakness that Jesus' power is made perfect in our lives. For all the times that we excuse ourselves and are absent from duty, Jesus never gave up. Jesus never walked away. Jesus never hid from the hard stuff but endured to the point of excruciating pain and crucifixion. 
our betrayal, our sins are all nailed to his cross, carried by Jesus and dealt with by him permanently. Hear that word today, permanently. His death on the cross atoned for sin, made, made us righteous permanently. Our self-justification, our self-reliance yields to Jesus who instead gives us the gift of his righteousness, who gives to us his restoring love. And that's something we receive constantly from God and it sounds a lot like our baptismal life. We're not relying upon ourselves anymore, friends. We're not. We are completely and totally dependent on God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit for everything we are, everything we have and also in the ministry that God sends us out to participate in. It's his ministry, we get to participate in it. And he charges us up and he sends us out radiant and full, radiant and full as God shines his face upon us and is gracious to us. Now that does not mean that we will not doubt sometimes. We will struggle with doubt. Like the imperfect 11, we all struggle with doubts, but Jesus is present with us I am with you to the very end of the age and he continues to carry us, to pick us up, to restore us and point us toward our baptismal identity and his forgiveness at work in our lives. Remember this, whenever you hear Jesus declare those words to you, I'm a pastor, I am not Jesus. You know that, I know that. But when I declare to you those words on behalf of my Lord Jesus Christ, And by his command, I forgive all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then that follows with Jesus' words, peace be with you. That's Jesus speaking to you. Hear that. Jesus forgives you and gives you his peace and that changes everything. When sin is like an electrical short that actually drains us, and leaves us feeling empty and wanting. Jesus' words are like a powerful electrical current that jump-starts our hearts and sets them ablaze with a fire and a passion to follow Jesus, with a fire and a passion to walk in accordance with his will, with a fire and a passion to walk in his calling in our lives, which he's given us, which he's blessed us with. The good news we've received is not average, mediocre, somewhat powerful. It is all powerful. It brings from death to life. It enlivens and it enlivens the dead and the powerless. It frees us to love our neighbour as ourselves as Jesus called us to do. It frees us to reach out dynamically with compassion and love and mercy to all nations exactly because we've received the very same from God. And this love is a force. It's a force that gets more powerful as new believers are baptised and connected to the body of Christ, like the seven who were baptised here last Sunday. Seven people added to the body of Christ at that font last Sunday. Amazing day. It means you're not alone. It means we're part of a whole where Jesus is present with us until the very end of the age. Yes, we are imperfect, but connected to Jesus through those saving waters, connected with his promise, we are strong. 
We're strong in so much that we're in Christ. The shortfall of an 11 is overcome with the perfection and the presence of Jesus amongst his disciples. His picture is from Faith Incubators Australia. It's from a Japanese artist. Have you heard of him? Hei Chi, I think is his name. Have you heard of him? It's not just Faith Incubators. He actually is an artist and he, uh, he paints pictures and of uh, all kinds of Bible pictures. And this is the Great Commission. This is that picture. Jesus present amongst his disciples. Which one's Jesus? Yeah, there he is with the red sash. So tell me what happens when you connect the Holy Trinity of Father, Son and Holy Spirit to a battery of believers. What happens? You get a powerful combination. You get an electrifying result, a physical going out, baptising, teaching and obeying. And in our parish here in Cairns, it takes many forms. It looks like a core group of people leading a new youth ministry at Peace Lutheran College. It looks like positive ageing. It looks like heads of the heart confirmation ministry. It looks like people sharing highs and lows at home and blessing each other in worship. It looks like people coming for baptism, people telling others about baptism and gladly and willingly praying for them. People engaging with the Word and hungry to learn more. It looks like people using Bible stories to teach the English language. It looks like people delivering LLL tracts and visiting people in their homes, in hospital beds, in nursing homes. It looks like Christians being Christians in sports teams and at work and at school. It's a discussion at the supermarket or a friendly note to someone you haven't seen at worship for a while. It looks like Bible song in the Tablelands, maybe even here in Cairns, we might do that where we sing and sign the scriptures using Auslan uh, sign language, upping our biblical literacy in new and fun ways. It's people honouring the house of God by cleaning it, by mowing it, by preparing it, getting those candles ready, putting the paraments, which is all, these, all this white stuff, they're called paraments. They do that because an encounter happens here where heaven meets earth, where God does business with his disciples. That's you and me. It's musicians and a host of people using their gifts. It looks like hospitality before and after our service in God's house. It's people willingly giving their tithes and offerings for the work of ministry in this place. We put money on the table not because it makes us feel good about ourselves, we put money on the plate because it's about ministry. It's about making disciples. It's about seeing people without hope, confessing with their lips, Jesus Christ is Lord. It's about people connected, charged and participating in an eternal vision. And that vision always ends right here where you are today. The goal of making disciples isn't baptism. Baptism is part of it and we start at baptism and then we also teach because we're lifelong learners in the Christian faith. We walk in God's commands, we obey, but the goal is always to be here in worship, receiving life, receiving God's gifts like you will when you come forward soon, you come to the altar, you'll kneel down and you'll receive life and salvation in your hands or you'll cross your arms and God will bless, speak blessing, power into your life. Worship is the goal. 
worship, finding rest for our souls in the presence of a mighty God who spoke the universe into being and who is here for you today to renew you and and charge you up with faith. Are you ready to take hold of these promises then today and carry them into the week ahead of you? You are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You are missionaries. You're missionaries in your homes and you are missionaries in this community where God has placed you. And you have a power source infinitely more powerful than solar energy that drives amazing boats. You have an infinitely more powerful power source right with you every day. In fact, the power source spoke the sun into being. He makes his face to shine upon you today. He enlivens you. He lifts you up. He gives you life and vitality. And together he's called us to go out baptising and teaching. So may God bless you. May God equip you. May God recharge you as you participate in the powerful and dynamic gospel of Jesus today and in the week ahead of you. In Jesus' name, Amen. And God's peace which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds safe in our creative God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, now and always. Amen.